Expounded Universe, Season 16, Episode, The Wrap-Up. Wrap it up, boys! The book, hmm, I don't hate it. The, the book, Supernatural Witches Canyon, by Jeff Marriott. The year was 2007 or so, and there are no chapters this week, just questions. Questions that need answering. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the uh, supernatural wrap-up discussion podcast where I'm Jeff and that's John. It's the one place we can be ourselves. Mm. Mm. Let my hair down. You always let your hair down. You always say goodnight to guys. (laughs) I'm just trying to picture you right now with your hair up. Yeah. It's an interesting image. I mean, I'll let you know, there was a point in my life Mm -hmm. before you knew me. Oh, no. In the before time. Yeah. Where I had very short cropped hair and spiked up. Ooh. Yeah, I, I kind of picture it. For some reason, the first thing that comes to mind when I try to picture you with spiked hair is like Roger Klotz. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. It's probably because it doesn't even have spiked hair. It's probably because of your, your pallid green skin probably. and penchant for leather jackets. Probably because of how much I hate that Doug funny. <laughs> Maybe you should send him on a nematode hunt. What a tool. <laughs> I would love it if Roger just called him a tool all the time. Hey, funny, you tool. <laughs> Fucking tool. Get over here. I want to beat on you. Well, this show got real weird. <laughs> We're taking this up from whimsical adolescent bullshit. This is now a CW show. <laughs> Fuck the dinks. <laughs> And I do mean that in a weird racist way. <laughs> oh, right. They're one of their purple ones, aren't they? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think they're purple. I, 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 yeah. I, I think that I always forget because I didn't watch that show for very long because it was abysmally boring. Oh, it was terrible. But I, I, I think later on in the show, they did a thing where like the blue and purple people in the world were like being persecuted. I don't know if that ever actually happened. Oh, I mean, I know that for sure, like Skeeter was 100 percent a stand in. For an African American, yes, no, I, I know that, and he's and he is, of course, is very blue. Yeah, but I, I could have sworn there was an episode. Where, the other the problem with that being true is that the richest people in town is BB and her parents. Well, the two richest people are basically the Dinks and the Bluffs, and it, they're both purple. They're all purple people, so I don't know if that if, if the racism comes. Maybe it comes from the purple people. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, someone will have to write in and educate us on the later Ride models. One horn racist purple people eaters. <laughs> Very expensive. <laughs> We're eating purple people, Douglas. <laughs> Most expensive when you are one. <laughs> I can taste their fear, Douglas. <laughs> I wasn't born a purple person, Douglas. This is a get out scenario. <laughs> so much money. Uh, very expensive. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch Doug Funny get out. (laughs) (laughs) I want Doug Funny to get out. (laughs) There's that new, like, Smash Brothers ripoff coming to from a Nickelodeon thing, and people keep asking why Doug isn't on the lineup, and I feel like every one of them needs to have it broken to him that Disney owns Doug now, (laughs) that you'll never get him back. He is, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. There's no Quail Man, because that would have been the perfect one. Exactly, right. Wanada, Jack Bandit. Or... I mean, obviously, given that they have Reptar instead of any of the Rugrats, we could get that Silver Skeeter in there. Or we could get Clotzilla. Oh, that's a good one. That'd be a perfect matchup against Reptar. Yeah. Yeah, Clotzilla v. Reptar. Yeah, for someone that really hated Doug, mm-hmm. like, kind of a lot, I did watch every episode of that show. <laughs> Is it just because it was on immediately after Ren and Stimpy? Yes. Of course. It was so- on when I was watching TV, and I was like... Uh, you're in between two things I want to watch, and I'm not going to change the channel. Ah, yes. Momentum. <laughs> Inertia. I hate this show, but I sure am going to memorize the Killer Tofu riff. Ah, <laughs> uh, one of the only good things in that. I could have sworn you were about to sing it when you said, ah. <laughs> Ooh-wee. You know what's weird? I already referenced Killer Tofu earlier today. Mm-hmm. No 
no relation to this. I didn't try and move us towards here. And I didn't remember it. So, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's no oh, one's fault. I didn't fault. even say it to you. Oh, but you were singing Killer Tofu behind me earlier today. Yes. That is, and, and I did hear that, but I didn't internalize it. That's not where this is coming from. No. Yeah. Also, Patty, you're the mayonnaise for me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you killed Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> anyway, uh, t- we're, we're here technically to wrap up Supernatural Witches Canyon. Yes, indeed. Which we have now finished reading, and I guess we're supposed to give our sort of You'd say you'd wonder why I'm I, I'm guessing what we're supposed to do in these these wrap up episodes because we've done so many of them, but uh, yeah, I'm still a it's uh I guess we give a post mortem. Yeah, we're given our now that we've seen everything, let's give the final takes and then we do the questions. Now, well, now I've seen everything. Pouring out my little tiny bottle of whiskey I have. <laughs> oh wait, this is vodka. Yeah, little tiny bottle of Sprite vodka. Yeah, it's like wave. It's got brand. the refreshing taste of lime. Lemon lime flavored onion. I'm sorry, that's vodka. I need my glasses. Oh no, I would. I mind. can't see a thing without my glasses. I hope this doesn't taste like a lemon lime onion. Mmm, <laughs> aromatic. Oh, that's vodka, all right. Oops, that sure tastes like mouthwash. Ooh boy. What a good time. Here, you want to pass that around? Let's get rip-roaring drunk on that airplane bottle. airplane bottle of vodka. Yeah, here, you want to hit? Yeah, there let's you go. do it. Let's do You're it. getting roasted, baby. We got 99 cents worth of vodka over here because uh, because I went to a drive-in oh, movie oh, the other night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Ooh. I mean, on the back end, it's all right. It's like, oh, man, someone slipped me some Sprite Someone's- a couple minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, but the front load on this is... Uh, oh, it's it's just bad. This is single-filtered vodka through a sock. Woof. You can really taste the grain. In fact, I think I see some, like, wheat germ floating in it. Oh, no, germs. <laughs> My invisible dog. <laughs> uh, now that we're at the end, though, hmm. uh, I mean, I do kind of want to go into a couple of things that, I mean, we've definitely sort of gone into in our... Uh, talks about the book but probably i want to say my biggest problem and there are of course several problems with this book of course but honestly my biggest is the amount of nothing that is juliet's house oh yeah no for real i mean i i I think the author thought it was a particularly clever plan to be like okay well we'll have uh Juliet be at the the epicenter of where everything first of all that's not the epicenter of where everything is going down it's several miles from there exactly that's the problem with it is you're like ooh, she's right on top of it and you're like yeah but all she's dealing with is like a wolf and it's very weird that you're like yeah we're just gonna keep checking in with Juliet and and the wolf also what the fuck's up with that wolf I was more on board when I thought that wolf was like the ultimate villain you know, and it was like, like oh, that that's... was an in- incarnation of the witch. Yeah, well, except that when we first met the wolf, we didn't know about the witch. So, I mean, we knew there's probably I mean, going to be a witch by the end because of the title of the book. But that was all. Uh, so I was the whole time I was like, is that wolf like the bad guy? Is that the titular witch of the canyon or whatever? And it's not. It's just a, another character. So why is it so different from every single other ghost? And that was the other thing is when we finally get to the point where like, oh, good, the plot has intersected this. Uh, ranch house that we kept checking in on for no reason up until now and they beat up the wolf it doesn't like flicker and turn into anything it just fucking dies and disappears and yeah. I'm like what the fuck is this yeah, it's irritating right that that thing it's like a, a sub boss but it, it doesn't get treated with any kind of respect like that it's just a terrifying villain for oh gosh what like eight chapters of this book and then it just dies and it, it was never there's no explanation well why was the wolf extra turbo evil why was it like stalking you as opposed to just coming into your house and murdering you like every other ghost yeah there was just too much attention given to the wolf and not enough to like the fact that this was supposed to be an epicenter like i would have loved to see her stuck in there but not because like oh uh, one wolf is menacing you but like oh yeah just hordes of fucking like ghosts and shit keep pouring out from around the house and you can't leave because they're around there. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. When ghosts walk around the house. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fabulously appointed Tuscan Villa. <laughs> John, uh, progress update. I poured the remainder of that nasty vodka into a diet Dr. Pepper. Ooh, let me t- uh, ask you, how uh, how's that feeling? 
It is a disgusting abomination, mm. and I should not have done it. Ooh, what a good choice you've made. This is definitely a who drinks this cheap shit episode in disguise, given that this is some cheap shit. Uh, good job. You did it. Oh, boy. Okay. I can feel that in my molars. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a terrible drink to pour that into as well. Oh, no. Nothing's good about this. No. A, a cheapest bottom-of-the-barrel non-brand lemon-lime vodka poured into a warm diet Dr. Pepper. Even if it was high-quality lemon-lime vodka, it's lemon-lime vodka in a diet Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're living on the edge here. Yeah, we can't stop ourselves at all. I'm so fucking sweating off this nasty-ass drink. <laughs> uh. Life. Okay, so yeah, the Juliet thing is a, is a total bust, and I hate it. I would also say the show, the, this book, you know, I, I get it. I get what's going on here. I feel like if you want to write uh, supernatural fan fiction, it'd be better if you were writing collections of short stories. Yes. Like three or four stories per book would probably be a lot better. Because here what, we see, what we're seeing is this endless stretching that the show would never do. Oh, no. It's just taking basically the, like, beginning to mid portion of the show. Like, maybe the first half to two-thirds. And then just looping it over and over to make a book. I would say it's it's not just even the middle of the show, but also, like, the pre-credits part of the show. Where oh, the, no, where someone the... dies in the middle of the show all the time. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because I was, was going to say, half this book is just random people being introduced and killed, which, like, I, I would assume the episodes usually do maybe twice per mysterious monster. Well, yeah, they kill someone before the it. boys get there, then the boys get there to figure out why someone died, and then someone else dies so that they can see how it works, and then they kill the monster. Pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, in this, it was just, we're going to reach that second person dies and then do it five more times. Yeah, it's very much on a loop. And and it's there's not enough here to make that an interesting loop. I mean, it was a neat concept. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault the author for that. It's a good idea if you're like, okay, well, how do I make an episode of Supernatural interesting over book length? Well, okay, if I use a regular Supernatural villain like from the first couple seasons, I don't know, fucking vampire or something. There's a vampire in town. It kills people, and then every chapter it kills another person. At least he was smart enough to be like, okay, we'll make it ghosts that look like all kinds of shit so that each kill can be a weird different thing even then i do kind of wish it was slightly more interesting because of the whole conceit of the ghost kills you in whatever way it was killed Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have seen some weird kills oh sure that would be nice too I mean, they the, the author did a pretty good job of making sure that you always knew what killed the ghost. They'd be like, okay, this ghost has a knife and a, and a cutthroat. This ghost has a hole through its face and is carrying a shotgun. You get the idea. Oh, but yeah. But it would be neat to see a few who died in, like, ludicrous ways that are just wandering around like that. Like, how cool would it be to have one that is dragging around a guillotine or something? Ah. Or, like, like uh, uh, is still wearing the, uh, the, the uh, blindfold from the firing squad he was killed by? I mean, the one question I really have is when the two people at Juliet's house are now ghosts and wandering around, like, are they going to try and disembowel you with their teeth or? I I mean, I, I would have figured that if you die violently to ghost animals, you, you get the ability to turn into that ghost animal. So but- that's why you have some as shapeshifters is because they have to kill you as what killed them. Yes. So that they so if you get killed by a bear or if you get killed by a ghost bear then you become a ghost bear. That said, there were a lot of, like, skunks and sparrows and shit that attacked uh, uh, Dean and, and Harmon, so that does leave the question of who got killed by those? Who was the person who got killed by all the mice? I mean, at least with that, I'm like, no, maybe if it was one person was all of those mice, it was like, oh yeah, you got yeah killed by the, a bunch of mice. The bug swarm, too. Like, the bug swarm is potentially one of the more interesting ones, just because you got this question of, is that like a thousand people that were killed by bugs, or is that one person who can turn into a thousand bugs? Yeah, because I would assume it'd be like, oh, this person got, I don't know, stung by scorpions or something and died, and mm-hmm. so now he can come back as bugs. Yeah, and also at least Bunny. one <laughs> at least one person got attacked by snakes. John, by snakes. <laughs> How many snakes? So many snakes, it would take a thousand crates <laughs> to contain the snakes. <laughs> to contain each scaly snake. <laughs> so. <laughs> Attacked by snakes. Sorry, go ahead. I would say the other real big thing for me is 
just weird stuff that never went really anywhere. The boyfriend thing, especially. Yeah, yeah that was weird. Because I was like, all right, you have a person who has knowledge in the fat doctor. Yeah. And his daughter who then comes along to tell you, oh, no, you didn't get everything. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. That's a classic sort of like, oh, you need to find out the secrets of whatever this town is. You even get a tiny bit of resolution for them because they're in the mall. Yeah. But not much. It's not like their their information ever actually mattered or anything. But the encounter with the boyfriend is so random and then inconsequential to what happens to the story. I think what it is, and I think this is a thing where like Supernatural the show doesn't have time for this, but the book does, is the shock scare. The the uh movie padding, this has nothing to do with the ghost shock scare. You know, the kind of thing where like a crow dies in front of you or like, you know, you find a dead sheep. You're like I like the uh <laughs> the image of a crow just dies in front of you not hits the window or anything <laughs> just walk around <laughs> oh no i didn't say a crow i said the crow oh yes the crow dies in uh-huh. front of you <laughs> yeah he says some pithy thing and he dies in front of you yeah like you know, i don't know like sarah i'm coming or whatever i don't remember any of the cool shit he said uh... i remember that having watched it more recently than than when i was a teenager i was like jesus christ he's lame <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> This is terrible. <laughs> Everything he says is like shit that didn't happen. TXT. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm there with you, but I, I feel like that one was a shock scare. That was supposed to be a mislead. The the boys were like, oh god, a ghost figure is coming out behind us and following us in a car, ghost car or whatever. And then it turns out it's some easily dispatched no- noob. Um, but still, the the idea was to give them a, a red herring scare that went nowhere. Eh. You're right. It goes nowhere and it sucks. Like, what it had to do with anything other than to, I guess, further establish the general above the common man bullshit mythology of the brothers? Pretty much, because you can't really do jump scares in a text format. Like, typing boo in big letters doesn't do anything. I can't put, like, asterisk large violin noise please you and i have both read that one children's horror star wars novel and if there was one thing it did it was end of chapter shock scares but it wasn't shock scares a horrible creature no it's the same shit from goosebumps which is oh a cliffhanger will someone be in danger no no one is what if the start of the next chapter like what if it was uh that that scene where Zach goes to to his uncle's room, Gahul or, or Guardians of Gahul the Owl's yeah. room, and is like, I wonder what's in here. And there's a huge slavering monster on the other side. Okay, cut chapter. Chat next chapter begins. The monster ate him. He's dead now. That guy's dead. That now. guy died. I <laughs> ate him. I'm a monster. <laughs> I'm narrating now. <laughs> Are you shock scared? <laughs> yeah, you just you can't do the same thing in text that you can do in movies. You have to lean into different types of things. And this, I mean, it felt like they wanted to be like, oh, let's try and expand this town that we're in. But it just didn't do anything because, again, there was no resolution to it. Well, the town is clearly overexpanded. Like, every character gets a full write-up, whether or not they're going to die. Remember that part where they go and meet the librarian, and she's like, they, they give her a whole rich inner backstory and shit, and, and then not, nothing. She's not even outside of that chapter. I mean, I'm kind of okay with the librarian thing. Basically, I'm fine if what we're going to do is describe the character that we've just met, interact with them a bit, and then leave. Yeah. But if you have, like, someone took gunshots at you and then you disarmed them and were like i'm going to tell you to do a thing and then we circle back to it Mm -hmm. and nothing has changed and also we're not going to do anything about it i'm like that was pointless then i mean i get why they didn't do anything with it during the final scene there where where we finally see uh what's her face again and she's like yeah my boyfriend works in that bookstore over there and he's like yeah go talk to your boyfriend Tell him I told you to or something. Go talk to your boyfriend to check his beeping machine. <laughs> but it's just, you know, the, the, the scene is like ghosts are attacking the mall. We don't have time to resolve this jealous boyfriend routine. I mean, if instead of him being working at some place in the mall, mm-hmm. he had seen both of them together, like holding hands or whatever. And then Ju- or the whatever the daughter's name was, I forget. Something uh, moonbeam McSunshine parts Dorothy and she goes 
<laughs> I don't know. Mo- Moonbeam Dorothy Sunshine Farts. No, that's who died. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it was just Moon. No, Marshmallow, Marshmallow died. Moonbeam Sunshine Farts is a brand new character who was that daughter. TM. <laughs> <laughs> but like if she had been with the boyfriend, they meet him. She walks off for a second and the guy's like, hey, thanks for setting me straight. We talked and now we're closer than ever or some shit, anything, just some resolution or just don't bring him up at all. Mm-hmm. Either one would be better than like, hey, you remember that guy that tried to kill you? He's over there. Don't look, though. <laughs> I kind of wish he had died, the boyfriend, so we could get him as a ghost in the final chapter instead. Mm. Um, Shows up with the gun that he tried to kill them with and he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I accidentally, I don't know, dropped the gun and shot myself, and yeah. now I'm back with this. I have and I have ki- to drop a gun to try and kill someone. <laughs> I have to kill you with what killed me, the green monster of envy. <laughs> <laughs> the green monster out here in Wrigley Field. <laughs> the green monster, absinthe. <laughs> Trying to hit you with an absinthe hey. bottle. Hey. This is really expensive for this. Oh, damn it. I have red absinthe, not green absinthe. God damn it. Oh, I didn't even know they made this. <laughs> oh, they have three different colors of absinthe. This is garbage. And they all are going to taste the same. Fucking wormwood tastes like ass in the first place. I mean, it depends on what color you get because it goes up from like 90% alcohol to like 96%. Y- yeah, absinthe is big. I mean, okay. You get green, red, and black. Okay, let's discuss absinthe real quick. You, sure. have you, how much absinthe have you tried over the course of your life? Uh, one shot. Of green. Of green. I've never even seen red or black. I'm not saying I don't believe in them, but I've owned a bottle of green, and it was like 158 proof or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, man, if they make stronger shit than that, I don't want it. Oh, yeah, no. Green is <laughs> the low end, yeah. which is fucked up. If you get to black, then you're just like, oh, this tastes like burning licorice in my mouth yeah and then also i'm dead now <laughs> you would be that shit's already super fucked up like you even even in the classics you're not supposed to drink it straight you're supposed to loose it with like a sugar cube and a oh, spoon yeah. and you, shit you get sugared up you put it into a little thing you and then it's just still, have it it still tastes like butt it just tastes like sweet butt <laughs> ah sweet butt <laughs> I, no i Absinthe is one of those things that you get obsessed with in your like high school or just out, and you're like, "Oh, it's the magic alcohol from foreign lands. Ooh. That's that's so dangerous, and they say it has psychoactive properties. And who drank it? Why the libertines? How romantic! Mm. And then you try it, and you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with libertines? <laughs> why? Why in God's name would they do this? Jesus! I'm glad they all died of consumption. <laughs> Presumably, consumption of this." Lol. I get it. I get it and lol. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's a full discussion of, of absinthe. It is not worth its mystique. It tastes like nasty ass and, and it's really nasty expensive. Ass. And it's so fu- so fucking expensive. If you want something it tastes like, you could just take a shot of Everclear and lick a tire. Ah! Oh, good lord. I am <laughs> looking at the prices for these various bottles of nonsense absinthe right now i know right it's crazy so let's talk about a few of the things about the book that are positive while you look at the absinthe stuff. yeah sure what was the best shit about the book for you i mean i i was a big fan of like i said the the uh variable ghosts where they just kept different types of ghosts popping up over and over again i mean i did like that and i also i i'll admit it i didn't think the the uh world building stuff where they kept building up the victims before they'd murder them in the same chapter was all that bad it was kind of fun to see the little vignettes just defining this character as like liking christmas but not half ass christmas real christmas and then dead yeah or or the one who was like well i'm kind of a piece of shit and i have a truck and there's one lady in town who who everyone likes to sleep with and i'm going to call her tonight and sleep oh i'm dead <laughs> i mean I like that one because it wasn't, oh, there's a lady that everyone likes to sleep with. It's, there's a lady I like to sleep with, and maybe she'll make me a hot plate and that's then right. come yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. That's a pretty realized thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to call someone for food and sex. Yeah, I'm going to call someone because I'm a drunk piece of shit, and I probably shouldn't be making myself food right now. Yeah. So that's something I enjoyed about. Was there anything you thought was particularly good about the book? Uh, eh, and I'm, I mean, 
I'm a little more discerning because I I do enjoy the show. I don't think it was a good book. Don't get me wrong. I'm just no. trying to find you know sh- gold in the poops. I mean the voice of the brothers. Yeah, is good enough. Like the characterization of them and how they say things and whatnot was fine. I I mean again I feel like it was just a little too much padding flashback yeah. stuff. Uh, but I did, I did like their interactions were fine. I would have honestly liked more. Yeah, because if you're doing a supernatural thing, it should mostly be about interactions between the two of them. Yeah, they should have kissed. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, we're on the same page of this fanfic that I'm reading. Yes, <laughs> the brothers kissed. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers kiss a Mazov. <laughs> Well, as always, the title's got to be something like, you know, the stars look down on us and yet they do not smile. <laughs> it can never just be these brothers fucking. <laughs> uh, one brother and the other brother. Ah, Daryl. <laughs> this is my brother. My other, my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. They fuck. <laughs> Don't mind them. That's my new fanfic I just wrote. I guess I also fuck both of them. <laughs> Or I don't. Maybe I'm like... The, maybe you don't. Maybe I'm the Uatu in this situation. <laughs> yes. The Uatu of I'm, the situation. I mean, I'm still a Daryl. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be a Daryl, but maybe I'm like a Daryl Uatu. Yes, yeah. clearly. And I'm like, I'm like I am I am sworn never to interfere in the fuckings of my brothers. Good. Finally, we can get the, the new heart fanfic that we all truly desire. Mm-hmm. Uatu and any two people. Yeah. Oh, dude, how great would a Nuatu Red Shoe Diaries be? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that just hit me. Oh, no. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Marvel, we're, call us. Marvel and some porn company, call us. I'm gonna make, We're going to make this happen. Huh? We need you to be on the same page on this one, but Uatu is going to be like, be like, I have seen boundless universes, and in this one, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch do it. <laughs> Ah, uh, XXX, this ain't what if. <laughs> I am bound not to interfere, which damn. <laughs> that said, I am free to please myself. Uh, it is the way of the watchers. Law. <laughs> Sometimes I just need to hear them doing it. Ah, the listeners. <laughs> That's a whole different group of perverts. It's a different category. <laughs> but still, Uat, the Uatu Red Shoe Diaries is... is I, I want that to exist. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Okay. Where were we? How much was the absinthe? Uh, I mean, the cheapest I found a bottle of black was twenty five. No, that's not bad. And that's eighty five percent. Yeah. So not bad. One hundred and seventy proof. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. Right, right there. That's oh yeah. That's more powerful than than the Everclear. Not allowed to buy in this state. Yep. Yeah. So no, the. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things like. Black Absinthe, Pusheen, various, uh, I forget what the name of the Polish one is that's just essentially like old bootleg moonshine. Diet Coke. Ah, yes, Diet Coke. That's it. (laughs) Weird coincidence. Odd, right? (laughs) Diet Coke means bootleg moonshine in Polish. Just just a strange phonetic coincidence. Who knew? Yeah, well, Polish people. <laughs> Polish Americans are particularly aware of it. Oh, yes. Yeah. And they're all writing to us right now to let us know. <laughs> I hope that's. I can't. Im- Wait, is that offensive? Someone let me know. Some Polish person let me know. Is this the least offensive Polish joke ever told? <laughs> <laughs> all right. First Bimber. of all, don't just burp right into the mic. What the fuck, man? Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> I do what I want. This is the roundup. This episode's too shaggy. <laughs> needs more velma uh no this is the kind of episode where i need that fucking soundboard so i can just be like clearly you don't since you just burped open mouth directly onto your fucking mic (laughs) i think you're just gonna trust me with anything i think you're just gonna have to michael winslow this out (laughs) the bleeps the creeps (laughs) and the sneaks (laughs) okay so uh, fuck where were we you told me the price of absinthe yes thanks but should we get should we get some and do a who drinks this expensive shit episode? Oh yeah, let's go ahead and get five different types of absolutely way too high percentage alcohol, mm-hmm. and then get absolutely trashed. 
on mic. For no reason. For, well, obviously, it's for the entertainment of the people. For you. Let us know if you want us to get three different types of absinthe and then two other types of fuck you up alcohol. Maybe we could get some Jepsen's Malort just to really kind of... Clear. That's that's the palate clear between <laughs> shots. You have that to look forward to. You're like, oh, God, I just had red absinthe, but at least I can have some Malort in between. <laughs> That'll make me feel better. That'll prime the pump. Ah, <laughs> uh, get the old juices flowing. <laughs> Oh, I got a hankering for a taco supreme and a glass of Jepson's Malort. <laughs> the fourth meal, I think they call it. Ah, fourth meal. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, do we want to... Is there anything else about the book that we feel is necessary, or do you want to start doing the questions at some point? I mean, we can probably get into the questions if you want to. Sure, let's do it. You've got them, I don't, so you fire away. All right, so this was just in our Expounded Universe thread with the hashtag Supernatural. Uh, let's see... Supernatural and the whole monster hunting modern fantasy subgenre has been incredibly successful on TV, but sometimes seems like it has taken away the opportunity for other forms of genre fiction to get the television treatment. What is a type of genre fiction that is yet to be explored to this level, at least on television, that should be the next 15 season long CW epic? Is monster hunting really still the thing? I thought that was pretty much dead as of like 2012. I mean... The modern fantasy thing is still definitely going. I mean, you've got, like, The Witcher. Oh, I, well, I mean, I'm talking about shit like The Gates and all the stuff where it's like, what's this? Communities of monsters or vampires or witches or both? Okay, that's fair. Shit like Charmed or something. Yeah. Which is different from from the... the I mean, the, the Supernatural is very unique in that it is a roadshow monster slaying thing. Like, even the closest analogs are still stuff like Buffy and Angel, and even those had more of a focus and more of a location. Yes. Uh, I do like the on the road monster hunting thing. Torchwood, I think, is another one that's in that that vein where they they go from place to place and slay monsters in those places. Yeah, the Doctor Who version of Supernatural. Yes. Okay. So there's another one. Uh, I'm sure everyone's gonna love that I called Torchwood the Doctor Who version of Supernatural. Isn't, that, isn't it the one that's a spinoff? Am I wrong? No. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. It's the Captain Jack stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, and then they, like, go to various places in time, and, and uh, as opposed to Doctor Who, they, like, fuck shit up there, where Doctor Who mostly wanders around. And... I mean, it, this is less going through time and more just, like, fighting aliens. Oh, is it? Okay, I thought they, like, fought dinosaurs or some shit. I might be, I might be missing the show, mixing the show up with Primeval. It's entirely possible. Yeah. You might be. I've never seen an episode. I, don't even, I only know what Captain Jack Harkness looks like because I've seen Arrow. Ha. Huh. So. <laughs> uh, sad. What? I don't I, I didn't I've watched like three up I tried each first season of Doctor Who of the modern era even the 13th uh 14th I know I, I went through I went from Eccleston to uh tall tall skinny guy who I can't remember to Tenet. I I, I did those three I don't remember the middle guy the guy between Eccleston Ten no there was no one between Tenet and Eccleston oh, Eccleston Tenet and then Smith Smith is the one I couldn't remember and yeah. it was the one I was like okay none of this has worked for me I'm done shame I just, I just, the show doesn't resonate with That's me. That's fine. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's fine. I enjoy it, but you don't have to. But what genre TV would you like to have? Interesting question. That, that, that is true. I mean, are, are we just, the thing about genre is that you want something a little supernaturally or science fiction-y in there, or else it's not really genre. It's... Well, yeah, because we've already had, I mean, we had 10 seasons of Smallville, so it's not like we haven't explored the CW superhero shit. Sure. Uh, we've gotten the monster hunting modern fantasy stuff and they keep doing it. Like there are so many goddamn CW shows that last like two seasons that are, it's a high school of witches and shit yeah, or no, vampire a, diaries or whatever. So fucking many of those. Yeah. And then the, and then you also have the ones that are like, what if the office, but monsters with shit like what we do in the shadows. Yeah. I mean, you have what else? There's is that there? British uh, one. Barely human or something. Yeah. Like that's, that. that's the British one where it's like a werewolf and a and ghost. And they redid it for Americans. Yeah. No one wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I don't think there's any particular genre. I mean, it would have to be a sci-fi thing because most of the other ones are basically picked through. And then eh, you still kind of get that with a lot of other stuff, but robots, bow rods, all robots, 
We're uh, talking about a Blade Runner 15 season CW show. There you go. Just Blade Runner. All robots, all replicants. And but they, so boring. Yeah, it's just aggressively boring. It's always narrated. It's entirely based on the, like the original VHS release. At of least the, 10 minutes of noodles per episode. Yeah. So many dreams about unicorns. Uh, How cool would it be if instead of a unicorn, he was dreaming about an electric sheep? Yeah, how Medi- cool would that have been? Medium? If only that was the quote. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a quote from a different thing. It would have been a fun homage. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to go with robot sports drama. Oh, great. <laughs> what about you? String together two words at random, John. Ah! Science slumber parties. <laughs> uh, Let's go with... Deadly serious, extremely gay goof troop. So gay, so serious. Deadly serious. People Deadly cr- serious. people cry every episode. Oh, give me the Riverdale version of goof troop. Oh shit, that's perfect. <laughs> Riverdale goof troop. There you go. That's the answer. Moving on. <laughs> no further explanation. You know exactly what that is. You goof. <laughs> What what TV heartthrob from like a '90s teen show is gonna play uh, adult Pete? <laughs> you gonna get Ian Jeering or something for that? Uh, all right. If you had the opportunity to lay a stupidly complex curse on an entire town, what would it be? It was an aggressively complicated curse. Oh, it's so stupidly complex. <laughs> so okay, let's see. Um. I'm kind of inclined to reverse the the curse from the book and have it only that people who didn't die violently come back and not violently kill people. <laughs> yeah, they just gently kill people. So anyone who died like in their sleep or whatever just shows up at people who are sleeping and is like, and they're like, hey, you should hey, probably die. Hey, hey, you should die, buddy. Hey. And they don't they don't magically kill them or anything. They just like follow them around, telling them they should die because it's great. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> hey, you know, hey. I I tripped and died. You should probably try that. Oh, you know what's awesome? Hey, is, hey. no. No uneven pavement coming up. Mm-hmm. Don't look down. <laughs> hey, you're trying to trick me into dying. You're supposed to be enthusiastic and heartfelt. Yeah. Being dead is great. <laughs> I uh, I feel like a stupidly complex curse on an entire town would just be a great way to mess with the town instead of murdering people. Okay, that's fair. No one dies. Yeah. So it's, it's a death-free curse. Oh, yeah. But it's definitely a weird, stupid curse that, like, every ten years... Every food item you eat, you shit out an anthropomorphic version of that food that chases you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I had pancakes, and now a little pancake guy runs after me. <laughs> I was going to go with something a little more subtle just to fuck with the people of the town and be like, if you're in this town, then spaghetti tastes like pancakes. Always. Every, Always? A- all spaghetti tastes like pancakes in this town for everyone who comes to this town. And when you leave, or except, I'm sorry, only for people who are born in the town and live there. For them, spaghetti tastes like pancakes when they're in this town. And then when they go to other towns, they order spaghetti, expecting it to taste like pancakes. And then they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is this tomatoey bullshit? I hate this. This tastes like every other pasta and sauce dish now. Uh, I love it because in order to make it, you would have to put like tomato sauce on pasta and then you would eat it and go, hmm, maple-y. <laughs> and the big thing is They're that- like, You know, it's weird because there's no maple in this. Must be a weird co- chemical combination. Yeah. Well, Who am I to Well, judge? like I was saying, the other problem is that it's fucking spaghetti. It's not, it's like I said, pasta puttanesca or like marinara sauce or something like that. Specifically spaghetti noodles. No matter what you do to them, it doesn't matter if you make them into kugel or a bolognese, they taste like pancakes. But does it taste like pancakes with tomato sauce on it? No, it, the whole dish tastes like pancakes Good. together. that's what I and, assumed. Yeah, and when you leave town, and it, but but if you make ravioli, that tastes like ravioli. Yeah, it's only a it's only a spaghetti thing, and everyone thinks it's normal in the town. It's only when you leave yeah, town. Part and, of the curse is you think it's normal. Yeah, hundred percent. You think it's normal. You think it's totally normal that your pasta and tomato sauce tastes way different than when you take any other pasta and tomato sauce. Yeah, it's an entirely a curse to stop you leaving town because if you leave town, you're like, I'll have a plate of spaghetti, please. What the fuck? This tastes like acid. <laughs> Everyone's like, What's wrong with you? That's normal as spaghetti. Now here's the question: Is it weirder if people who visit the town? just taste the spaghetti as spaghetti or if they taste the spaghetti as pancakes which one's better is it like i think spaghetti 
as spaghetti for outsiders unless you move there. Okay, if you move there, it starts tasting like pancakes. And then the ki- the curse takes over, and you're like, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> exactly. The moment you eat it, you're like, this is normal. It and then a little anthropomorphic spaghetti guy chases you around. He's like, ah, ah it tastes like pancakes. I fell out of your butt, and it tastes like pancakes. Ah! <laughs> and butt. There you go. There's our two curses laid on top of the same town. <laughs> that town, by the way, Albuquerque. That town, Abraham Lincoln. And now you know <laughs> the rest of the story. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what is next? I don't know. Probably a question. Maybe some kind of query. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're all going to ask what Star Wars monster the Winchester should fight, right? <laughs> okay, well, that's a good question. What Star Wars monster should the Winchesters fight? Well, I mean, it, what's the monster in Star Wars that looks the least like a monster or the most like bad special effects? Soup. Soup guy. Yeah. Because he's a vampire. He doesn't look like a vampire. You only hear that like he's got secret feathery tendrils in his sinuses yeah that so otherwise he just looks like a lumpy dude smoking a hookah that's a pretty standard and and hanging out in a bar classic villain for the brothers oh yeah no you'd get a couple of little cgi scenes of the tendrils yeah but other than that you just get to have him like stalk somebody and then it like cuts and you see a shadow on the wall of him doing something oh yeah that's good yeah yeah or and you know he comes into a like a restaurant he's like i'll have the soup <laughs> there's been a string of killings across Oconomowoc, wisconsin someone comes into a diner and orders the soup and then the next thing you know everyone in there is dead their soup's been drained out of them wait they had soup in them yeah weird well, well yeah right? he's different from the star wars version of himself this guy kills you by drinking any soup that's in your body that i mean you may he have actually re- does literally want soup yeah, that's he, the thing the thing is he reaches into your body and drinks the soup you had recently so you can you can be safe from him if you just don't order the Zupa Toscana at Olive Garden. And I'm like, oh fuck that! I'm gonna have to live dangerously. Ah. That's the best thing they got. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I want to throw out an answer as well to pad for time, uh, I might say one Ewok and E. Oh man, how good! Would an Ewok be as the bad guy for an episode of just constantly finding makeshift murder yeah. traps and shit? And they're all just made out of rocks and trees, and they just, they're like, what is doing this? This is like the work of a Sasquatch or maybe some kind of Wendigo. This is way too smart for one of those. Mm-hmm. They're laying murderous traps. <laughs> they, they sneak into a clearing to try and catch him, and they find a little, like, wooden carved statue of an Ewok, and you hear Dean go, Clever bear. Yup, <laughs> <laughs> yup. Uh, so there you go. There's my answer. There you go. Great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of weird lightsabers in Star Wars EU. Hmm. What kind of salt swords or other non-gun assault weapons would best fit Sam and Dean's approach to ghost hunting? Oh, no. See, that's a question I really like, because one of the things that bothers me after having read the Wikipedia or the the Supernatural Opedia so much is finding out that all of the special weapons in it are boring. All, there's the there's just like brass knuckles and a regular dagger. The coolest da- weapon you ever hear about is like a dagger carved out of that Samson's ass's jawbone or whatever. Yeah. You get the first dagger. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just uh, a regular hunting knife with some sigils carved on it. Yeah. The Colt, which is a regular Colt with some sigils carved on it. Yeah. The, the the brass knuckles of beatdowns or whatever that were just, just regular brass, brass knuckles, knuckles with sigils and Nokia on sigils, sigils on them. So uh, that's just boring, and I I feel like they could probably take it in. A, your, the rock salt thing really helps take it in a further direction. I mean, the clear winner, obviously, is the stationary hula hoop filled with rock salt. Stationary hula hoop. Because it's a hula hoop that you fill with rock salt, and then you put wrought iron bars that go out from a belt to hold it in place so you just have a permanent circle around ah, you. Ah, okay. I was wondering how... See, here's here's what I was picturing. 
I, maybe we could just both in, uh, introduce hula hoop der- derived technology to the uh, supernatural universe. Sure. Okay, so you've got one that you use wrought iron bars, cold iron, to keep the hula hoop of salt at a distance from yourself so you have your own permanent salt circle. Yeah, just around yourself. Okay. And because it's salt and iron, no ghost can try and get it away from you or move through it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm assuming they just shoot you then. Um, well, no, they're ghosts. Yeah, they have ghost stuff, which means true. they shoot ghosts and they would not get through the circle. <laughs> oh, good point. They have ghost stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about ghosts on the actual show. I don't know if they carry around ghost guns that shoot ghost bullets. Yeah, basically. Okay. Like, you'll occasionally have someone who's like, I've got an axe. But if they try and, like, attack you through the salt, like, they'll just disappear through it. Gotcha. See, I would like the idea of combining two elemental weapons that everyone is already inherently familiar with. The hula hoop and the aspergillum. Uh, now, the Astrogillum, of course, is the holy water sprinkler, uh, the thing that they use in Catholic Church to load up with, like, holy water and then kind of, like, shake it around to get it on things. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's a hula hoop, a little thicker than a usual hula hoop, filled up to the brim around all the edges of the rock salt, and uh, it's got holes poked throughout so that when you hula hoop with it, you would launch salt indiscriminately in a radius around yourself at the speed that you can hula hoop. Now, let me ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if the show has actually answered this. If salt water works, if the salinity is high enough. Interesting. So we have to assume, you have to gauge what the correct salinity is. Like you have to go, maybe like the Dead Sea water is good enough or something. Yeah, I'm not sure how much, because I was thinking. Yeah. What if you just get a little portable shower? (laughs) It's a super soaker full of salt water. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> be like, ah, well, although that is technically a gun, so we wouldn't have to do the gun weapon. That's true. That's that's fair. We need a, we, the shower is probably a better choice in that situation. Although I would also settle for like a uh, a, a children's like spray thing that you would put on the lawn, loaded up with salt water with like a, a like a foot pump to power it. Mm-hmm. Granted, you're going to get very salty as well because it's a random distribution. Uh, well, I'm going to get pretty salty. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that idea. I'd also like to just see like Sam throwing fucking bath bombs at people. Uh- like, not even in water at them, but just being like, this thing is mostly Epsom salt, so just hucking it, be like, huh. a, like a water balloon, but just salt. No, so, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think we got a bunch of good weapons here. Yeah. I don't know what else we'd really want to do. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe like a salt lick on a stick, like one of the ones you give to, just so it's just a fucking sledgehammer that's all made out of an old salt lick, and then if you hit monsters with it hard enough, they also, of course, get licked by goats and cows. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Which will slow them down. That ought to slow him down, they'll say. <laughs> they say. And he's like, ah, their tongues are so raspy. Uh, I'm a ghost or a vampire or something. I'm some kind of boogans. <laughs> how, how would you think the littlest hobo would have dealt with the ghosts in the book? Given the battle between good and evil clearly displayed in the littlest hobo, do you think he could exist in the same universe as Supernatural? And yes, of course he can. Yeah, I think not only can he, I'm pretty sure he definitely does. Oh, yeah. The thing yeah. is, we know he doesn't exist in Supernatural because he never would have allowed this witch to curse the town in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, assuming that we're following our, our belief of him as sort of an animistic nature spirit, then yeah, he is he is eternal, and there's no way he would have allowed such evil to blight that land. Oh, yeah. Although he has mostly worked out of Canada. I don't know, maybe he wants to traipse all the way down to Arizona, or if he's like, fuck it, they probably have their own guy. Yeah, it's the Canadian men of letters that uh, the littlest hobo works with. Yeah, there's probably an American, like Benji is the American equivalent or something. Ah. Speaking of dogs, which of the little Harvard yogurt dog novels is the best entry point for new readers? (laughs) Uh, I think it's Hot Harvard Nights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hot Harvard nights where where he is on the run from cops and they ha- and someone's got to hide him. And who hides him but Uatu, who has a variety of <laughs> of uh, keeps them entertained keep, while they're yeah, hiding. Yeah. He's like, he's like, hey, hey, dog, you want to hear a bunch of fascinating stories about the many worlds that might exist and the heroes in them that do it? <laughs> yeah, you obviously. As long as you hide me from the cops. I've done some things. Yeah, I think my favorite of them, and that's you don't need a lot of background, is Go Go Gogurt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. I think that's what's like the second or third book in the series. Oh yeah, so it's still it's still kind of in the introductory period to the little Harvard world. Yeah, but yeah. you you don't really need to know a whole lot about it. It's 
you know, in the beginning, they were a lot more standalone. Yeah, absolutely, because they were just the original characters. As you move your way down the line, you get to things like, you know, uh, Dark Yogurt Apocalypse. Well, you, you have to do so many callbacks. Yeah, and at that point, yogurt's, Harvard's got, like, a full-on fucking extended family and an evil uh, step-uncle. Oh, yeah, and yeah. you've got, you know, the few cops that are on his side. And- yeah. Opposed to the ones that are all trying to get him. Plus, the cops and him signed a treaty at the truce at Yogurtula. And and uh, it, I thought Yogurtula was the <laughs> vampire that was after him. I, Uwatu, have a story about Yogurtula. <laughs> and hell cow, they do it. <laughs> Is Yogurtula the vampire version of Gert from the Runaways? Uh, no. God, no. Ew, you're <laughs> gross. Ooh, get out. Hello, police. This isn't body shaming. <laughs> Gert was just awful in general. No, I'm just saying I don't want Gert to fuck a cow. Ew. <laughs> I don't want her to fuck at all. She was mean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, Gert was fine. She was fucking mean. She was the walking soap opera of that, of that, sh- that series, mm. where all she did was wander into rooms and be like, gasp a secret. I'm so mad. <laughs> I mean, granted, she only did it like twice, but, you know, there's not that much of that series. All right, where were we? Uh, (laughs) If Sam and Dean were on the X-Men, what mutant powers would the Winchesters have? None. Just none. They'd be like the the occasional non-mutant that joins the X-Men, like uh, that that Sentinel Prime or or, uh, Juggernaut. Yeah, but they have powers. Yeah, but they don't have mutant powers. I'm sorry, that was a terrible answer. That's Let's go ahead. Terrible. What are their actual powers? Are they salt I mean, related? Can I they mean, shoot obviously, salt? I'm just going to go ahead and give Sam generic, uh, like Marvel Girl powers because that's basically what he had in the show anyway. Okay, he had telekinesis and sort of precognition. Oh right, I forgot he actually did get some powers. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about for a minute here? And then Dean probably has the ability to turn anything into a cheeseburger or a boob. <laughs> Dean only has powers when he has the car or is touching the car. He's like Ghost Rider. Yeah, he's exactly, he's like a mutant version of Ghost Rider, except that Ghost Rider works when he's not touching the car. Dean, Dean's power, he has super strength and super agility as long as he's laying at least one hand on his hard body. (laughs) His hard body. You know, that's the name of those contests where you have to keep a hand on a car. (laughs) That's his power, is he has to keep his hand on the Impala at all times, and as long as he does, he has superpowers. Uh, Yeah, how about... Uh, his powers, he turns into the car. Oh, okay, so he's like Turbo Dean? Yeah. Okay, I can, I can get around behind Turbo Dean. That's like Turbo Teen, but a slight variation. Yeah, Turbo Dean. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. He turns into the Impala, and then he, and then he, uh, lets people do it in him. <laughs> and I want to watch. <laughs> Dean, the ultimate bottom, according to the internet. So much of a bottom that he opens himself up so other people may do it within him. <laughs> Not since Krakoa, the island that watches people do it. (laughs) Krakoa, the island that gives you a little hut to fuck in. (laughs) Hey, Krakoa, can I get a fuck hut? (laughs) Uh, You are no mutant. Wait a minute. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, Let's do, what, one more? Eh, we'll see where we go. All right. Jeff, do you think there is an ideal ratio of Star Wars nonsense to non-Star Wars nonsense? Uh, yes, and it's three to one. Three to one. Yes, it's three Star Wars novels and then something that's not Star Wars, I think, is the ideal going forward ratio. Maybe two to one? I don't know. I mean, it depends on what people like. I know a lot of people, we get more complaints than you would expect when we jump off of the Star Wars train. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I get it. People like the Star Wars. They do, and they like the show to be consistent. It's not... It's not like we get hundreds. It's usually like, I don't know, 10, and they're not that mean. They're like, well, I'm going to keep listening, but I sure prefer the Star Wars. This is still content, but you're on thin ice, mister. Yeah, but I think it's fun to, to explore these other expanded universes such as they are. Because mm-hmm. uh, usually the, the weird thing about Star Wars is that as far as expanded universes go, nothing's ever gotten close to the size of the Star Wars one. Oh, yeah. that's The real thing about Star Wars is they were given... <sighs> The most amazing thing where they had as much leeway to put whatever dumb shit they wanted, but were on such a constrained leash for what they could take out that you were just bloating every single novel. Yeah. And then every single kind of novel is explored. 
like there's there's books based on video games. We've done one based on an MMO, but that's not all. There's gun, there, there's books based on first-person shooters set in the Star Wars universe. There are spin-off books about space hospitals that are spin-offs of the books based on the first-person shooters in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, no. The Star Wars universe is so bloated beyond any other sort of like fandom or anything I could think of. Yeah. Like even Star Trek has a lot of expanded universe fiction. Like you can get a shitload of Star Wars novels and the closest you get to anything as wild and fucking crazy as the, the shit that Star Wars can pull off is like, oh, Q meets Trelane or, you know, oh, it's a story about a different captain. Like it's Captain Shelby instead of, you know, uh, Picard or, or Kirk or whatever. Um, and that's about it. Other than the couple times they meet the X-Men, it's pretty much just, we go on an adventure and meet a space alien and get in a fight with it. And at the end of the day, we learn a lesson and go away at warp factor six. Yeah. I mean, because the universe of star Trek is itself already so much more tame and genteel, I would say explored is the thing is you Mm. already know so much of what's there that's true that when you're like all right we're doing a story about you know relations with the klingons like okay that's actually very true the one of the problems you run into with writing star trek fiction is you're like and then i don't know picard encounters the skingle bops and you're like where the fuck are they well he's in the beta quadrant okay what planets are they near in the beta quadrant because there's no way they don't have company who, yeah, who this do they has know to be first contact then because it's always got to be first contact because otherwise They've met someone. The Romulans, Vulcans, and Klingons are all from the Beta Quadrant. Who? Give me some... What's the detail? Who are they near? Who have they met give already? Give me the deets. Yeah. And that's why they keep introducing Gamma and Delta Quadrant stuff. And even that's all full-on explored at this point. Yeah. It's just... It's unfortunate. Yeah. So... So, there they, you go. They need some more quadrants. They need to change them to quint- quindrants. Yeah. Give me uh, the... Pen, pen, I don't know. Pendants? The... the Oh, no, I don't want the Omega Quadrant. That's terrible. I mean, give me the Upsilon Quadrant. Sure. I mean, granted, you're going to need to change Quadrant to whatever the equivalent for five or six is. Nah, but there's different There's different Quadrants. Oh, there's multiple there's, Quadrants. This is a Quadrant of four things, and then over here is another Quadrant. Ah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm fine with that. Okay, so and sure. And the other half of that question was, John, do you have any plans or ideas for the next time Jeff hands you the reins? And... Yes, I do. Ooh. Are you going to share them or are you going to keep no, it a secret? No, I won't. Okay. I'm not going to spoil the surprise this far ahead. I know. We don't We don't even announce what the next book is until actually now. Until about now? Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> I've got the... Uh, it has yet to have arrived, so it'll be a little while. It, we're but gonna... that's fine. We always take a week off in we between do. books. We do. So we have some time for it to arrive, uh, but I have the, uh, the write-up from the back of the book right here. It's a little long, so I'm going to do a little uh, cleanup on this. But we'll start with the publisher's summary for the next book. So here we go, folks. Here comes the next book in the Expounded Universe line, what you've all been waiting for. Definitely not all that shit about Uwatu Red Shoe Diaries or Absinthe Prices. I mean, that's what the people want. I mean, I want Uwatu the Red Shoe Diaries. Motherfucker, (laughs) do I ever want that. I want that more than I've ever wanted anything. And I have a kid. With the Jedi all but wiped out of the grim aftermath of Order 66. Oh no, the grim afterbirth. (laughs) Nice, pleasing, oaky afterbirth. Uh, The grim aftermath of Order 66, which means this is set immediately after the Clone Wars, if you're looking. Uh, The Empire's power seems unchecked, but one lone knight continues to fight the good fight against all odds and when all else fails. Now that gives you nothing. That's very little. I mean, that's just like the story. It's a Jedi, and it's after Order 66. Yeah. That could be about Luke. So I mean, it couldn't, because yeah. it's right after. It's, it's immediately after. I mean, technically, he does exist after Order 66. Yeah, but it's like, now this one lone baby. 170 years after Order 66, Cade Skywalker. Nope. It's got nothing to do with Order 66. Well. Okay, here we go. Here's some more of this. Hmm. <clears throat> Deep in the bowels of Coruscant... Jedi Jax Pavan seeks out a living as a private investigator, a go-to, can-do guy for the downtrodden. Now a mysterious Zeltron knockout named Deja approaches Jax with a case that needs to be cracked to find out who killed her artist lover, Volette. Brutally murdered hours after his triumphant unveiling of a dazzling new light sculpture with obvious links to lightsaber pyrotechnics. Hmm. Finding Volette's killer won't be easy. Too many secrets. 
too many suspects, and all kinds of motives. But with the droid I-5YQ's help and ex-reporter Dender's excellent snooping skills, Dender, Dender, the investigation is soon operating like a well-oiled machine. Unfortunately, there's a far more efficient machine hunting jacks. It's a deadly game of cat and mouse as the clock starts ticking toward the final explosive showdown to see who strikes first and who will die first. Mm-hmm. That's right, folks. This twi- this book, we're jumping to the middle of a trilogy because I hate it when we do things right. Uh, we're going to be reading Streets of Shadows, Coruscant Nights 2. Nice. The uh, This is the trilogy that is a hard-boiled Jedi detective series. With mysteries and everything. Oh, good God. (laughs) Why did I skip the first one? Well, not only does the second one have way better reviews, but also I thought it'd be kind of fun if we could do one where it it didn't spend the first two-thirds of the book introducing everybody. (laughs) I'd rather just jump into the action and see a mystery happen. So that's what I'm hoping will happen here. Um, If you've read the series already, sorry for skipping the first one. And uh, otherwise, it's called uh, Streets of Shadow, Coruscant Nights 2, if you're one of those people who likes to purchase and read along. Hmm. Hmm. You excited, John? You want to hear a detective novel set in Coruscant? Oh, I'm super excited. I mean, it's a... (laughs) It's a great premise. It is. It's a neat idea. Plus, listen to those great characters. A Zeltron knockout? Hell yeah. Ex-reporter Dender? Dender? <laughs> I hope no one bends him. Ah. I wouldn't want to encounter any Dender bending. God damn you. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? Uh... <laughs> hey, I'm not going to do it, but how much would you hate it? If the next book that I did was just the novelization of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. <laughs> none? None? None left none beef? None hate? <laughs> none hate left beef? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. If I let you off the reins, I have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, you you have to know that I'm going to do dumb shit if you let me. Yeah, that's that's okay. I like to do dumb shit inside of Star Wars. You're here to do some dumb shit outside of Star Wars. Every once in a while. And whatever dumb shit you come up with is fine, as long as it's based on an existing licensed property. Yeah. The problem is I would never do the novelization of it because that doesn't really expand the universe. And that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> now I'm curious if we're going to count stuff that's like sequels to to uh, movies that are based on books. Like, for example, there there is a written sequel to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but I believe I'm, I can't remember if it was written before or after the movie came out. I think it was, might have been, it, it might reference, kind of like how uh, the, the novelization Lost World references the movie Jurassic Park and not the novel Jurassic Park. Yes. So there's stuff like that out there that, that could be fun to explore. But for right now, it's time to get back to fucking Star Wars and discuss some hard-boiled Jedi detectives. Let's get back to it. Back to the roots. Let's get back to fucking Star Wars. And I guess Darth Vader's going to watch. Hell yeah. And so is Uatu. <laughs> I got bored of Marvel stuff. I hope that soup guy does it. Mm. I could suggest it, but I am sworn not to interfere. I cannot serve as your wingman, Luke. Uh, I love the idea of him being invisible and being like, I could go down there and facilitate these two getting it on, but I cannot interfere. I could go down and... Help a bro, but I am sworn not to. Such is the credo of my people. <laughs> I must serve not as a cock block, nor a cock window. <laughs> nor uh, as whatever the vagina equivalent of that is. A vagina Pro- block? Probably a vagina block and vagina window. <laughs> I must merely be a silent, invisible onlooker to this, the possible bonings of man. <laughs> One small tweak. (laughs) Here we look into a universe not so different from our own. (laughs) What if Thor did something wacky? (laughs) What if Thor got real dirty? You know what I mean? Yeah. Nasty styles. Oh, brother, let me see your stag helm. (laughs) For it is a stag party. (laughs) Hogan can come. Oh, and, he certainly can. And you know what? Let's throw Volstag a shot, too. I mean, I mean, let's just get all three of the guys. 
Let's get the Warriors three. The Warriors threesome is the first title. Oh God! Uatu the Red Red Shoe Diaries. The Warriors threesome. Jesus Christ! If this isn't up on some like Ao three, listen Ao three, please. Jesus, if this doesn't happen, I'm so disappointed in everyone. All right, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're topping that one. I'm finished. Unlike the Warriors threesome, we're not topping. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks with the new sh- with the new book. And in the meantime, we're still making bonus content. So if you support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level, you can unlock the bonus content where for the past several episodes, we've been researching the weird world of Supernatural, uh, going to Supernatural Wikipedias and what have you and finding what we can. We will be moving to the new Star Wars content along with the new Star Wars novel, but for now, join us, won't you, and enjoy the bonuses that await. The final entry in this, our Supernatural diversion. Mm-hmm. And until such time as we do that, I guess I've been Elan Slees Bacchiano. <laughs> And I am sworn not to interfere in death sticks. (laughs) 